Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, joined today by Hassan Ali, who is the founder of a company called Air Tutors. We're going to be going deep on tutoring, understanding what high dosage means, how it relates to some of the findings around learning loss and other language about catching kids up. Before we do that, I'd like to welcome Hassan to the show. Welcome to Trending in Education. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. It's great to have you. And full disclosure, when I was at Kaplan, I I started as a tutor. I I really have been in a lot of those one-on-one relationships as someone who is helping someone else perform better and learn things. So it is something that is near and dear to my heart. And then all the evidence is pointing to it as a critical piece in the puzzle of really helping transform our, our educational ecosystem. We'll get into that shortly. We always start by getting our guest's origin story. Can you catch us up on how you got to this point in your professional life? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in Stockton, California, which is about 40 miles south of Sacramento. Go Kings, go Warriors. I'm a NorCal sports fan. Go NorCal. But yeah, so I grew up in Stockton, California. It's a very socioeconomically impacted community. For instance, like my high school class was 1,200 students large, and then my graduating class was 480 students. A lot of us got lost in the cracks, fell through the system. And from there, I was the only student that got into UC Berkeley in my high school and moved down to Los Angeles to apply to medical schools. And while I was doing that, I got introduced to the private schools and boarding schools where I was tutoring to make ends meet. And, you know, that's where I got introduced to the other lifestyle where they have like electron microscopes on their campuses, equestrian clubs. And I had, you know, barbed wires and metal detectors around my campus. It was that dichotomy of life that was so wild for me that I knowingly pitched the idea of air tutors to an angel investor. And she was like, hey, if you want to do it, let's do it. So dropped out of medical school, gave my mom a heart attack. And here we are six years later, Mike, on a podcast changing the world together. So again, thank you for having me. Well, it's quite a story. And I appreciate the shout out to mom who I'm I'm assuming she's okay with some of your choices by now. You've at least proven the model enough that it's not, it's not an entirely negative frame. Well, what's helping her is the pocket money that I send her every <laughs> month. What model I haven't proved yet is the ability to get married. That's her latest uh, fight. That makes sense. Yeah, one yep. one major milestone at a time. It's impressive to hear the story of air tutors as well, which, you know, originally on a track into medical school coming out of Stockton. And then this is something that actually helps you make a difference and start your own thing around tutoring. Can you sc- describe a little the origin story and what's gotten air tutors to this point in its history? Yeah, for sure. So tutoring was the only job I've ever had. I started the summer prior to attending UC Berkeley. At Berkeley, I taught general chemistry and organic chemistry to undergrad and grad school students. During my eight years in Los Angeles, I was privately tutoring. And that's where I really got introduced to direct-to-consumer, I guess you could say, direct-to-family tutoring, where I was really building a large network of chemistry tutoring. And one thing led to another. One family was like, hey, I have a cousin in uh, Idaho. I have a cousin in Washington. Can you help them? I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So I slowly started turning into the AP Chem FaceTime tutor. People just started like really referring me out. And I was just like, you know, at that point, it was what back in like 2011, 2012, the tools weren't there necessarily. So I was just picking up my phone and holding it down on the paper and 
writing things, scribbling things, taking pictures of it, texting back and forth. So mm-hmm. at that point, it was a lot of like caveman type technology where <laughs> just like really piecing together things. But that's where the pitch came to the angel investor of like, what happens if it was just as easy as calling an Uber where yeah. press one button, you have all of the tools laid out for you. And, um, you know, even in Los Angeles where I was tutoring in person, I was driving from place to place, but like what ended up happening is at least in LA is like you go five miles, it will take you two hours. Right. And especially any time between 3 PM to 9 PM, like having a busy day there was like pretty at times inefficient going from Pasadena to Santa Monica. So like wanting to really help kids and maximize the approach in helping a lot of students as well as create a better learning environment for the kids. Because at that point, I was also helping a lot of students that had various learning differences that have various learning differences. So the whole approach there was creating a multi-sensory learning environment. But then how could you do that using a piece of paper and pencil? Right. So like that's where the idea for, you know, technology came into play and using live animations. So I started working with a lot more schools, helping them with their families that they're referring over. But then the idea came that, okay, at this point I'm helping private schools and boarding schools, but what if public schools had this resource of an amazing tutor at their disposal? Rural school districts, suburban, urban, yeah. they all benefit from this mm-hmm. thing. That's where the idea of Air Tutors really came and creating a mission that advances global learning by personalizing the educational experience. So from then on, we just wireframed everything out. We knew what the experience is on the private school side and then brought that same experience to all students in all schools everywhere. And thankfully, we've been growing ever since. Including a big deal in Los Angeles, which is sort of your crossover. You mentioned basketball before. Your crossover, like Steph Curry is going from the private schools into LA Unified, and that's where you're beginning to scale as well. Can you describe a little bit of that relationship? Also, just to clarify it, this is an online platform primarily, right? The tutoring is online? Solely online, correct. I guess let me just backtrack a little bit about how we got here. So we started Air Tutor six years ago. Five years ago, we partnered with our first school. It was back in 2018. We ran our first high dosage tutoring program way before HDT, high impact tutoring, high dosage tutoring were even coined phrases. We were working a school district that had seventh and eighth graders that were testing six to seven years behind in their proficiency. And we've said, okay, here's a program that we think will bring up these kids, many grade levels in less than a semester's worth of time. And Lo and behold, their adaptive diagnostic test revealed that 100% of the kids doubled their score projections. That gave us a huge amount of confidence in our program's abilities. From there, we got introduced to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and then we received a couple of grants from them. Thankfully, we ran a randomized control trial last academic year where our high-dosage tutoring program evaluated by Mathematica. Shout out to Mathematica. Lily and her team are amazing. We were able to get 30% more students up to grade level in a high dosage tutoring program as compared to the control arm in less than a semester's worth of time again, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. That all got us to work with LAUSD as well as around 20,000 students nationally across, I think, around 15 different states. 
And within LAUSD, we're supporting K-12 after school at school, hopefully expanding the program to after school at home sessions as well. That helps with understanding the scale and the scope and also the fact that you're only six years into your story and this stuff is happening, not to mention the pandemic happened and on the heels of the pandemic, we're all confronted with this other generative technology that's been all the rage since November with ChatGPT. There's been a lot of talk about that and how that intersects with tutoring. I'd like to get your take on that a bit down the road. First thing is you were mentioning high dosage and I didn't even realize HDT. I thought you were going to say HDTV. Me and my wife could enjoy maybe some crafts or something from home, but HDT, I didn't realize that there was an acronym for it nowadays, but the high dosage piece, can you clarify what you mean by that? Some of it is a little buzzwordy, but it is also, you mentioned randomized controlled trials and being evidence-based here. I've tutored for years. Like the fact that when people measure tutoring, they do find that it is effective when done well. That is not particularly surprising to me, but when folks say high dosage tutoring, what exactly do they mean? Yeah. So there's a big difference between like regular tutoring, high dosage tutoring, and strictly just homework help. Well, homework help is generally will recommend an hour a week per academic subject where the focus is aligning the current tutoring's overview on what's happening during the classroom in the student's native classroom. So mirroring the tutoring session with current classroom material. That's like homework help. Let's get kids caught up and getting that A in that class. High dosage tutoring, however, is taking a kid that is either at grade level or a couple grade levels behind in their proficiencies as determined by whatever kind of test you want to use, state standardized test, adaptive diagnostic test, and having a minimum of three days a week of tutoring sessions, usually 45 minutes or an hour for one semester's worth of time at least. And that is designed to get a student caught up to grade level, if not beyond that grade level mm -hmm. in a short amount of time. So I guess it's the actual number of sessions, a lot of reps each week for at least a semester. So it's like a high intensity. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a high intensity interval training. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely the dosage, the frequency is what creates a high dosage tutoring, high impact tutoring. And a lot of that is focused on reading, I guess, reading and math. Are there specific domains that are studied or are the, the main focus of the research and the work that you do? It's either literacy, reading, or math. And, you know, high dosage tutoring is regarded as one of the most effective interventional programs in education. It's even backed by the U.S. Education Secretary Cardona. Yeah. He even recommends doing it. And it's like a very scheduled, regimented mm -hmm. approach as opposed to like an opt-in yeah. where you could just jump in after school at home to receive. Mm -hmm. That's like right. definitely not the thing. I'm later on in my years, but if I had three one-hour sessions each week with a tutor, I would imagine it would help. You know, like it's just intuitively the idea of like carving out focused time. And yeah. then in this case, it's in service of you know, this is where learning loss is a term that that triggers me at times. I know McKinsey didn't actually use that term. They were calling it unfinished learning. And, you know, I try to be asset-based. I understand why people don't like the term learning loss, but however you want to frame it up, folks are not reading at the level they need to. Folks are behind on their math skills. 
and yeah, getting this additional focus time every week with someone delivering a curriculum as well, right? So the human needs to execute and the, the curriculum that they're using in support of the student needs to be aligned and working. Yeah, for sure. And if I had high dosage tutoring as a kid, my frontal cortex would have had a six pack coming out of my forehead. Kids have always been behind. This isn't like a new thing, but the 2020s pandemic ended up doing is taking that kids have been behind and exacerbating it to a point where kids are severely catastrophically behind, which would ultimately lead to a whole generation of American adults that are severely catastrophically behind and not knowing how to read or do math. Right, right. So the U.S. education system, thankfully, had to step in and say, hey, let's do a whole influx of funding to create high dosage tutoring programs because we knew it worked. Right. You know, it works because the private school sector has always been doing it. Yeah. Like, I've been doing it so much so that I would leave a house while I was privately tutoring and watch another tutor come in. Right. It was like evolving door. I mean, on the EdTech Hall of Fame, like the Mount Rushmore of EdTech, you know, Sal Khan definitely gets a slot up there. And he started as a tutor. Stanley Kaplan, who, uh, you know, I go way back to, he started as a tutor. And then if you go back to the, the history of education, it's not surprising that humans have always thought about tutoring as a foundational component of teaching. What's interesting about your model is that it's online. And it's integrated into schools in different ways. It's also something that can be done from home. And then what was surprising to me, and I was pleased to see, is that it's actually small group. When I think tutoring, I frequently think one-on-one, almost definitionally, like otherwise it's teaching. But once you get enough peer-to-peer activity, enough of a social dynamic amongst the students, that's when I think a next level can be achieved, not to mention the unit costs are better, uh, you know, if you think about the economics of it. Can you describe those elements that, you know, the fact that you're online and the fact that, you know, there's a platform delivering it, which is certainly a part of it, but then also the model is that it's not one-on-one tutor to student, it's actually a small group. That to me was interesting. I'd love to, to hear more about that. Yeah. You know, when we first started doing this, the narrative that I heard at school districts was online tutoring could it be as effective as in person and like for me that was so wild because i was already privately tutoring online for kids across the country in china in india in london to help them get into america yeah and every like august of a year i would receive so many like letters of graduation we wish you were here all of this stuff and like basically the relationship between tutor and student never was affected. It was stronger, like relying upon communication. And what ends up happening is that student never says, because you are here, I received an A. The kids have a newfound self-confidence in themselves because it alleviated like, you know, the physical element. So they take up more ownership to go into the one-on-one versus group dynamic, I was always thinking that, you know, like one-on-one would be the best route. But then when I started real looking at the data, I started noticing and I started seeing like the randomized control trial we've done and as well as the other studies we've done, students reported higher participation in open and group sessions because they felt like they had a little group 
that was fighting together, that was banding together to lead to a better academic score for all of them, for each member of the group. Yeah. They also relied upon each other for like, you know, hey, right. what did you get for that test? Or yeah, it's like also accountability circles, yes. like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also like less daunting for a kid to be in a group as opposed to just a one-on-one -on -one thing. So yeah, definitely financially, you can scale out tutoring better in small groups, but yeah. the data also shows it's way more effective as opposed to strictly one-on-one, -on -one. Mm -hmm. but also matters who is the tutor in that session, right? which is why like air tutors in particular, we have less than a 5% hiring rate. We make sure that our tutors have amazing personalities that shine to the web. We make sure that they're experts in the academic subject of focus so that they can take a kid to grade level and then beyond. Right. But yeah. So basically going back into like that whole narrative of can tutoring be as effective in as in-person sessions? Well, our randomized control trial that was partly funded by the Gates Foundation and valued by Mathematica shows that it is even more effective. When you're using the right tutor, when you have the amazing experience using great curriculum, like you're mentioning as well, we can create these programs and move students multiple grade levels in less than an academic semester. And that's just mm -hmm. been so rewarding for the kids, rewarding for the tutors and alleviating for the caregivers and the parents, seeing that the kids now love math. Even for the teachers themselves, because you're primarily a K-12 product, they need a break. You know, there is a lot of stress in the job. They've been on the front lines. Those who are continuing to get out there, you know, part of why these tutoring interventions help is that there is just another force, another place where we are asserting our humanity. We'll get into AI next, but like it is a place where, you know, it's almost like you're tagging out for a bit and actually replenishing and getting re-energized and then bringing in the cavalry, so to speak, which is, yeah, I do remember that at Kaplan. Once you do go online with your tutors, you're able to connect more talent to the need and overcome some of the geographical challenges and the problems of access that we talked about. What about the impact of the pandemic? You know, you, you started on the other side and then if anything, it does seem like you were ahead of the thinking, but then the rest of the world was forced to catch up very fast. What has been your perspective on that? Because, you know, I'm not trying to jinx it, but it does feel like we're kind of past that initial crisis pandemic mode. We're entering into a new frame. So like as someone who's been there for a little while, maybe you have a better vantage point on where we're heading, but I'd love to get a little bit of perspective on the run up. And then maybe we can get a little more into what's coming next, whether it's AI or other yeah, new sure. trends that are on the horizon. Thank you for bringing that up because yeah, the pandemic was what, 2020, we're now 2023, but you know, I was just at a conference in DC with Accelerate and Kevin Huffman, the CEO was mentioning that less than one in 10 students in K-12 in America are receiving tutoring, which means that we are still this exacerbated catastrophic problem created by the pandemic is still very much at play in the country. So there's still a huge need to get tutoring embedded into America's infrastructure so that, you know, another pandemic and or just yeah. regular falling through the cracks 
isn't a thing anymore. So for us, we started back in 2016. We knew that in areas like Stockton, it's hard to have an AP Chem teacher, AP Calc teacher. It's hard to find tutors that have a lot of years of experience and get them into every community in Stockton. Even in Stockton is a suburban city population of around 300, 400,000. If you look at a congested city like LAUSD, it's hard for a tutor to go five miles. Yeah. In rural towns, it's hard to find a calc teacher. So the only way we could have done this and bringing amazing qualified expert educators with wonderful personalities is online. The idea then is to create an amazing learning environment for the tutor and student. Boom, air tutors. So like for us, 2020 didn't really change any of like our approach to tutoring. It really allowed us to help become a thought partner with Brown University, with Harvard University, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to help share our learned experiences in the trenches with these higher ed institutions, with various philanthropies so that they can help create the knowledge of like how tutoring should be done and why it should be done in every different scenario. And then it seems like we're poised to kind of accelerate into more of this, although there are some questions around funding and how much folks will be able to continue the like emergency funding in light of the pandemic. But the results are coming in. They continue to show that this form of instruction works. So it does look like a, an opportunity to grow into a new future. And then at the same time, generative AI has had this renaissance where a lot of the new and emerging technology, a lot of the conversations that I'm having are about how, in some ways, these new tools are almost providing you an AI tutor. And then how, you know, what are the risks with that, where I know we're not supposed to call it hallucinations, just call it misinformation, but when the AI tutor is wrong and, you know, they can be kept in check by a human who's really in charge of the intervention, that's one thing. But it is interesting that a lot of the wheels out there are turning and like, hey, maybe we don't have to pay people. Maybe, you know, we can actually catch up with the AI by itself. I'd love to get a little bit of your perspective. And it's certainly buzzy. So maybe it can even, you know, this is the type of stuff that people are really hungry to learn about. So I'd love to get a little bit of your perspective on AI first and then maybe a couple other technologies before we wrap. Yeah, for sure. So there's two things in there. One is funding and the next is AI. So I really hope these ESSER dollars, this one-time big funding continues. And if not, like at least gets extended because there's a hundred ninety billion pumped into education for tutoring. But, you know, it takes time for the system to learn best practices of it. There are creative ways that districts throughout the country can use ESSER dollars. I know there's a lot of coaching going on how to use ESSER for tutoring. So with AI, I've always been a huge fan of AI. I've always thought about how impactful it could be. ChatGPT definitely brought that back into the mainstream for people like, hey, create a haiku about birds and then boom, your homework is done. I always think like directing AI towards kids, towards kindergartners, towards third graders is mm -hmm. weird. I don't know if I would like, as a parent, like, have my kid being taught by some robot. That's right. creepy. Maybe that's just a societal thing. We're not caught up yet. But still, like, I don't, not necessarily there as yeah. a person. 
But what I think could be super effective is directing AI towards the practice of teaching. Mm-hmm. That right there's like, I feel like the hallmark of where we could make teachers more effective, how we could gauge student participation using best teaching practices, build some kind of machine learning technology that gives, if you're like a Marvel DC nerd, like I am, you know, Thanos, he has all these rings. It's giving superpowers to teachers. The infinity stones of teaching. Yeah, exactly. Giving the teacher an infinity stone and one snap of the thing. Now your kids are like way better engaged because some cues you gave off said, if you just tweak your question this way, the students will answer it better this way. Right. I think directing AI towards kids less than 18 is kind of awkward, weird, if not. Yeah. Unethical perhaps. But if you direct it towards giving superhuman strength to teachers, that's probably the way to go. I always analogize to chess, human versus AI, AI wins. But if you have access to the AI, human can get a little frisky, you know, and if we can all start to think about what can and should we offload and then what should we hold on to? And that's where I always come full circle back to how formative the relationships I've had with great teachers and tutors really throughout my life. We're just kind of wired beyond our parents, especially when we're in these formative years, pairing up with someone else who's there really backing me and my personal development. You know, that's the other element that I'd be curious, just your perspective on the non-cognitive element of it, having someone else in your life who's really in support of what you're doing, feeling like you're less alone because there's other people out there. Thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Which is why I said I love the group dynamic with Mm -hmm. students because now they're all banding together and, you know, helping each other out. But also just to piggyback off of what you're saying, when I'm trying to buy something online and this little chat thing appears and it's like, hey, I'm your AI help. I'm like, the first thing I type is talk to agent. (laughs) Like it's freaking annoying, like trying to figure out how to deal with this problem. And now you're asking a kid to learn how to read. Right. Strictly from AI. And that's just like, you could see it working, but like the engagement level over a period of time will make it such that you just need that human interaction. So mm-hmm. again, I think like if you pair the AI with the human on the tutor side of things, amazing things will happen. I'm looking forward to how the environment pans out in the future. But yeah, that motivational piece is super clutch, especially if as a kid, say you're a sixth grader testing at second grade proficiency, test data, all of your report cards, all of your standardized state testing is going to say not at grade level, underperforming, underperforming. So like a chat box can't give you that motivation. Some AI generated, nicely animated pop-up emoji will not give you that same motivation that I can as a human that says, hey, Mike, I believe in you. Yeah. You will do great. Trust Mm me. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. It's really going to be interesting to continue to look at that blend between technology, which, you know, online tutoring in some ways is that leap, you know, moving the delivery mode into online, but then not fully jettisoning the human component is where you kind of connect back to it and connect back to the the emotional experience there. We're getting close to time, Hassan. It's been amazing talking to you. The website people should go to is airtutors.org. You can learn more about that. We'll be sharing that in the show notes for the episode. 
as we reach our conclusion here, Hassan, I always like to have guests provide some closing remarks, anything else you wanted to say, anything else our listeners should be paying attention to as they head back to the rest of their lives. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. I think listeners, if you're a parent, you're doing an amazing job. One data point that helps kids learn is asking your son, daughter, your child, how they are doing in school, specifically, Mm. how are you doing in math? How are you doing in English? Mm. Getting granular with that helped students buy into the school process more. If you're a kid, please be an active participant in your own success. And if you're a district employee, learning is experiencing. So please reach out to us and we're happy to share our story with you on a one-on-one call. Thanks so much, Hassan Ali, the founder of Air Tutors. Hopefully our listeners enjoyed this as much as I did. If you do, please subscribe, write a review, do all the good things. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. Thank you. Thank you.